0: What's up, guys? It's three-time NFL Pro Bowler All-Decade Return Specialist Josh Cribbs. I want to welcome you to the College Sports
1: Connection Podcast, where Double A, Alex, and AJ host the Mid-American Conference Best.
2: Everybody. Welcome back to the College Sports Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Captain. Joining me, as always, AJ the What's going on, everybody? AJ, welcome back. This week, we are talking nothing but Mac baseball. And I'm excited. This is not a topic we've talked about too often.
1: No, definitely. It's something that holds a spot near and dear to both of our hearts. Sure. Uh, big game. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into Mac, uh, Mac baseball.
2: Sure. And um, this week, we are going to be joined by... A good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Graham Giles, over in Kent, Ohio. He is a Mac baseball fan, loves the conference, loves uh, baseball. So figured we'd have him on the show. Graham, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk some Mac baseball.
2: Sure, man. So <laughs> let's let's kind of get into it. I know that there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the season that Kent State was looking to be the quote-unquote prohibitive favorite to win the conference, but Central Michigan, Ball State, and Miami were also in that mix. Looking at current conference standings, Miami has a two-game lead on the conference race, sitting in first place at 10-2 and in conference play, overall record of 17-9. and With a current win streak of four games, Central Michigan and Ball State tied for second. Kent State sitting at third, three games back, 5-3 and three in conference play, 12-11 and 11 on the regular season. Not where Kent State thought they would be with about half the season left to go.
0: Well, that's uh, you know Kent State has had the history in the MAC of being at the top of the heap, and uh, I, I mean I think I think we expected to see them towards the top. But Central, ever since they uh, got their new coach, uh, they've been killing it, uh-huh. and so I don't think anyone's surprised that they're up north near the top. I think what is surprising is Miami um, coming in. I think we expected Miami to have. The pitchers and they do they have the pitchers uh but they also have a couple of a couple of great hitters on that team um and i think that's why they're on top of the standings right now
2: sure i you know i'm, I'm looking i'm looking here at their record and kind of what they've done on this season they've got quite a few i don't want to say quality wins but a, quite a few series wins that really kind of put them kind of on the map a little bit you know they've got a series win over Jacksonville. Uh, Down in Florida, they uh, tied a series with Florida International in one game, however, throwing up 21 points on this Florida International team, um, losing to close ones to coastal Carolina, uh, Connecticut, and even Kentucky. And I mean, then they come and enter MAC play, you know, start off with this big series win three games to one over Toledo, um, three games to one over Northern Illinois, and then a four game sweep over Eastern Michigan to start conference play and not really what people expected. Like I said, it's, it's kind of exciting for the central fans, obviously, but it's, it's exciting for the Mac to see somebody else kind of take charge of the conference, at least for the first half of the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely that's uh, like I said, that the pitchers on that Miami team are, are nothing to, to scoff at. That's Sam Bachman. Um ended up as the freshman pitcher of the year in the Mac in 2019. Um, and uh, this guy in summer ball, he's, he's hitting hundred miles per hour. A uh, guy can throw the ball. Um, but really, I, I think the surprising thing is we knew coming in Bachman is going to be their stud. We, we have Jonathan brand. Who's also one of their stud pitchers, but the guy who has been leading the pack for Miami is Grant Hartwig. And I don't know that we expected him. Uh, he's what third in wins right now. He's sixth in ERA in the, in the conference Um, and uh, 10th in opposing batting average. Uh, He's a stud. And, and, and that's a big reason why. Um, But, but I I think it's the hitters. I mean, it's, this, and I'm going to butcher this name, but it's, it's Will Vogel saying um, he uh, leads, leads the conference in hits and triples. He's fourth in RBIs, um, hitting the cover off the ball. And then Nate Stone, uh, kind of coming into the year we expected him to do well and he is he's killing a slash line to 357 600 500 and third in RBIs he walks more than he strikes out the guy i mean they've got a couple of hitters they've got three great pitchers and and really that's that's what's carrying this Miami team
2: sure um aj i know that you kind of want to talk some ball state a little bit you know they're sitting here tied for second with central michigan that that's a school that you obviously played at um with the current Cleveland Indian starter Zach Plesak. Um, What do you kind of expect out of Ball State as they finish the second half of the season? They're they're really not doing bad. They're I mean they're setting themselves up well for the conference tournament. But I mean, what what do you kind of expect out of Ball State here?
1: Yeah, you know, you Ball State. It's something. They're a program that's always had that consistent pitching. You go back to Pleissack and even guys before him. Mean, you look at Kyle Nicholas right now. Thirty-seven strikeouts on the year leads the MAC. Uh, then you got in fourth place, John Baker with 27 early in the season. So, you really they are consistent uh, from the mound uh, and defensively, they always have been. Uh, you know, these guys are throwing heat. Uh, let's see here if I can pull up some you know, wins here. Tyler uh, Schwitzinger with two wins already. He's sitting there in third place in the MAC, uh, only one behind Easton from uh, Western Michigan. Man, some of these guys have some interesting names this year, to say the least. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Ball State's a program that they they do produce quality pitchers. They have for a number of years now. You know, we've had a few guys make it to the bigs, uh, but a lot of guys do sit in those minor league organizations and, and they play. They play well. Uh, so you know, it's going to be quite a fun uh, you know fun race to the finish here, if you will.
2: Sure, and I've been very you know I'm looking at some of these statistics for some of these guys. You look at you know guys with the with the hitting leaders, right? I want and I want to say it's Zach Giles, maybe Zach guiles or jills um I think, you know, leading, I think it's
0: i think it's like gillis something like that
2: hey that works <laughs> for me we'll, we'll go with that uh leading central michigan leading the conference uh with a batting average of 411 i mean you see guys in the majors do that and you're like all right what's he taking You don't see that a lot especially at an amateur level especially at college you've got colin matthews right behind him from kent state 366 uh, isaiah peterson 346 from ou um, those top three guys are just absolutely crushing it right now. You've got Chris Myers from Toledo leading the conference in home runs with nine. Toledo's kind of a one-man show with Chris Myers, unfortunately. Uh Toledo's having a really down year. Sitting at third from the bottom in the conference at a four and eight overall in the conference, six and nineteen in uh, season play, just ahead of Northern Illinois and Akron. And I'm just I'm looking at these guys and they are just absolutely crushing it this year. And it's, it's really impressive to see because, you know, some of these guys you'll see playing, you know, in the majors, hopefully someday sooner rather than later.
0: Well, it's exciting to see some uh, some great hitters in the Mac this year. Not that, not that they haven't had great hitters in the past, but uh, nothing like the kind of power uh, that we're seeing right now. Uh, the Mac, the guys who normally go to the majors from the Mac are the guys who are pitchers, the guys who can throw the ball 100 miles an hour. Um, And I think it's a little bit easier for a pitcher to go under the radar until they get to college and kind of develop and throw the ball hard. Um, So it's rare to see these hitters uh, come out of the Mac because they've already been scouted. Most hitters have already been scouted by the time they get to college. Um, So, you know, the past couple of years where we've seen a few hitters come out of the Mac and enter the draft, it's uh, it's nice to see.
2: Sure. No, absolutely. I think, and I think that's, that's one thing that's going to be different. Um, Hopefully as we move on with the Mac, you know, we've got, you've got some legendary teams that have come out of the Mac, you know, going deep in the college world series, making incredible runs. And I don't, I don't want to say that there's a team who's by and large blowing me away with impressiveness, but I got to say, just, you know, based off of standings and looking at their numbers, Central, Central Michigan and Miami are the two teams who really stick out to me the most. Kent State, obviously, doing what they can. It looks like there's a heavy imbalance in terms of games because of things with going on with COVID, things like that. Um, looks like there's some, been some inclement weather games that have happened. Uh, but you've got, like, Western Michigan has not even played 20 games, whereas Miami's played almost 30. So, I mean, there's there's a se- severe imbalance of games in terms of what these players have done. And it's always really difficult, especially when when we have a unique season like this one with, with COVID and everything. It's really difficult to kind of judge these players. But I've been very, very impressed with with really just the top to bottom. There, there have been a lot of competitive games within the conference. Haven't really seen too many blowouts between conference opponents. And it's it's been fun to watch and kind of fun to keep track of.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely, that's the uh, top to bottom, the Mac is competitive this year, at least, at least within itself. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that is kind of the issue coming from the uh, mid American conference, um, depending on where you choose to play your spring ball you might get a bunch of those games canceled and then coming into a COVID year, there's a chance that even more of them can get canceled. Um, So you're right, especially non-conference games. We're not really sure where teams match up now. So now that we're coming into conference play and we're starting to see it happen, I think you're going to see these teams settle down more to where you kind of expected them to be Um, that Miami and central are still, I think going to lead the pack. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kent state jump up a couple of spots. But uh, Ball State sitting ahead of Kent State right uh, now—that's not surprising at all. (laughs) There's the four top teams and kind of everybody else, um, with kind of Central Michigan um, or sorry Western Michigan um, sitting between those two tiers.
1: (laughs) Interesting trend here I've seen just looking at the the stats-wise or uh, standings-wise is you know Akron sitting down there at the bottom three nine in the conference nine and eleven overall. There seems to be a trend in the. uh, Athletic department at Akron right now, struggling kind of across the board, if you will, here the last couple of years. I'm curious as to what, you know, is it recruiting? Is it coaching? You know, I don't know, because last year, you know, for the games they were able to play, they were one and eleven. You know, so I don't know what it is of an Akron, but something I think has to change. And you know, I think that sounds more of a I don't know, administrative thing, if you will, getting the right people in there to lead your program to
2: victories. And it seems like they've been struggling there uh, at that spot. Well, Akron still has Chris Sabo at the helm, correct? Is that, or is, or is he no longer with the program? He's
0: he's still the head coach. And I I knew you weren't going to let that go by.
2: (laughs) No, of course not. I had to talk about a a great red, Um, but you know, it's, and that kind of surprises me, right? Cause you, you know, and I am going to tie this into major league baseball for a second, uh, but I promise I'm getting to my point, you know, you know, he played on such a phenomenal world series team back in 1990, and he had such a great cast of players and coaches around him that he could really absorb a lot of knowledge from. I mean, you look at that red team, that was a wire to wire first place team who swept the athletics in the world series, just so much talent and to kind of see him struggling, I mean, that's a big name. No matter where you go, Chris Sabo is a name people know. Just to even see them struggling at this point, it's, to me, it kind of surprises. I mean, I don't know if it's him not surrounding himself with good coaches or if him not getting the recruits, kind of like what AJ was saying, but just seeing that happen with a name like Chris Sabo does surprise me.
0: Well, that kind of brings us into the, you know, the, the kind of dark side of Mac baseball recently is these, these Mac schools are having trouble funding their athletic programs. And, uh, and because of that, uh, starting with Akron, uh, they're cutting baseball is, is one of the, so Akron cut baseball, uh, followed by Buffalo cut baseball, followed by BG tried to cut baseball. <laughs> the, uh, and, and that's a tough time when you take four years off of playing baseball, it's hard to get recruits to come in and, and play ball for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, and I think that's partly why Akron had to go out and get a big name hire for a coach, right? You had to get, you had to generate some level of excitement. You had to get people excited to, wow, look at what Akron's doing. They're getting, you know, Chris Sabo. And it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's hard. It's very difficult for a program to rebuild. Speaking of Bowling Green, um, it's, it's fun that you bring that up. Talk about a wild turn of events for them. A year ago with COVID kicking in Bowling Green's athletic department was canceling $2 million worth of athletics. The baseball team ate up about a half a million dollars in terms of what they spent annually. They cut the program. Several weeks later, the, the alumni of the program made donations, got the team to come back and I think these players are, you know, a lot of them had already started the process of being in the transfer portal. And I, I just remember seeing on Twitter, Bowling Green, you know, center fielder uh, enters the transfer portal, you know, all these different things. And now you look back at it, and Bowling Green is sitting right here in the middle of the conference standing, sitting at six and six, eight and 14 on the season. But they've won a couple conference series already. And I, you know, I think that they're just playing with an attitude of gratefulness. They understand the tremendous sacrifice that these alumni and these donors made in order for them to continue to play. And I think that they're just trying to play the best that they can. Obviously Bowling Green, not a historically dominant program in the conference, but they're playing with a lot of heart, a lot of passion, really excited to go out and play baseball for another season when they thought they wouldn't have a season at all.
0: Well, I think if you compare Bowling Green right now, that they're 8 and 14 overall, 6 and 6 in the conference, and you compare them to a school like OU, who's just below them in the standings, um, who has that 11 11 record overall, that's uh, Bowling Green is kind of overachieving in the conference right now. Um, And I think part of that is you're right, you got to chalk it up to the fact that they see there's some support for that team. Because uh, perennially, BG ends up at the kind of the bottom of the conference. Um, and in that position, it doesn't feel like you get a lot of support, but when you see, you know, players and former players and alumni all rally around you to make sure your program stays intact, it's a way to say, we're still cheering for you, regardless of where you finish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a kid from my high school, Josh Dietz. He played at BG. He was a four-year letter winner there. Uh, I believe he was at first base, I believe. I believe he was at first base. He graduated like 2008, 2009, something like that. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and during that whole, you know, when BG was shutting down, I mean, it was he was involved in, you know, donating to get that program back. Because after BG, he played in the Frontier League for a little while, and I, I don't know if he's still coaching at the University of Valpo or did. I know he coached there. I don't know if he's still there or not. But, I mean, he was one of those guys who was very vocal about getting that program back, uh, back to playing, and, and obviously it worked out in the end.
0: And that's, I, I wish I was more familiar with uh, with when Buffalo cut their program, but I know it, living in Akron at the time when Akron cut that program, it, it, the same thing happened. It's the communities rally around the opportunity to, to bring them back when they can. Now, obviously, Akron didn't have as quick a turnaround as PG did, but um, it's still—it's still kind of inspiring to see these programs even when they're cut, they come back. They're resilient. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. The uh, you know I'm looking at some of the standings from. Bowling Green Baseball the last couple of years, they uh l- like was mentioned, finished the bottom of the conference, you know, last year with COVID cutting the season short. Uh they, you know, second to last place, you know, season before, you know, three games, you know, out of the basement. Just a lot of things going on with that program. So it's really great to see them kind of come back and kind of rebound in a way that you didn't expect before.
0: And at least compete at the conference level, um, which is what which is what you expect of these Mac schools. You you say, you know, I I don't expect you to compete with the uh, with the SEC teams or the ACC teams, but I I do expect you can beat in the Mac. Um, So to see that happen with BG is it's inspiring.
2: Sure. Speaking of competing with obviously these other conferences, Ball State kind of kicked off the season hot, uh, getting a series win over Arizona. And, you know, they, they lose the very first game of the season, three, nothing to Arizona, but then they, they take the next two from Arizona in a pretty dominant fashion. You know, the, the eight to seven win was, I think a little bit closer score wise than what it actually was. And then the five to two win was, was pretty, pretty heavy in ball state's favor that pitching, obviously locking them down, like we mentioned before. Very, very impressed with how Ball State started the season, and they continued to play at a high level uh, through the through the remainder of that preseason. Obviously, beating Kentucky uh, in a series, unfortunately losing to Old Dominion the following series, but then coming and playing in the MAC strong, taking three away from Western Michigan right off the rip. Yeah, and
1: you know you talked about you know non conference. They went through conference play, and here this past weekend they've been playing Butler. They did see a, a game down in Indianapolis and then uh, two in Muncie and Ball State here won, uh, what is it, third a couple nights ago, 16 to 10. And then the night before that, they won 10 1, and the night before that, at Butler, they won 7 2. So the putting runs up. And don't get me wrong, they've had a few extra innings games in here too. And one of those Arizona games went into 11 innings. And I believe one of the, I and mean, there's another game in here I saw that went into 10 innings. I believe it was against uh, Old Dominion went into 10 innings too. So yeah, the, the Cardinals are putting the bat in the ball, putting it in play, and uh, they've been fun to follow. I know Coach Mahoney's doing a great job down there, and uh, the players really enjoyed him. He, he's done very well down there.
0: And that's another team. that's You expected them to pitch well, and, and they have been, but it's the bats that have been surprising you. And that's, I mean, Adam Tellier, for one, shortstop, um, he's hitting 400 right now. He leads the conference in stolen bases. And when, when you have a guy like that who can put the bat on the ball and then he can, you know, take as many bases as he wants, uh, it puts you in a position to score a lot of runs.
2: No, absolutely. Uh, you know, now is, Graham, I guess I'll ask you, given that you're kind of our our Mac baseball guy, if you will, um, are there any guys that are kind of flying under the radar that you're kind of expecting to break out in the second half of the season? Or do you kind of feel like everybody's, settled in a little bit and we kind of know who's going to lead the pack the rest of the way.
0: Well, these guys, certainly it's, it's still early. I mean, we're, we're, we're coming up on the halfway point, but we're not quite there yet um, in the season. Um, so a lot of these guys, we don't really know what's going to happen, but I would think uh, Kent state uh, has a guy who's been uh, great for them in the outfield for the last few years, uh, Ben Carew. Uh, that guy, that guy hits the cover off the ball and, uh, it's not to say that he's not, uh, hitting well, but he's, he's not quite living up to the, uh, player of the year potential that we, we thought we would see from him. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, an excellent second half. Um, uh, and then also Blake Dunn of, uh, Western Michigan, uh, he came in a, a lot of outlets had him as the, uh, the 2020 pick for player of the year last year. And then COVID comes around and cancels the season. Uh, and so far this year, we haven't seen much of his explosive ability. So I uh, I would expect him to have a bounce back in the second half, too.
2: Sure, sure. I've been impressed with pitchers like Joe Rock, Luke Albrecht, just absolutely dominating. Joe Rock leading the way with a 4-1 record with an ERA of .95. That's insane. Like, you, you see guys do that in the majors and you're like, all right, this guy's going to win a Cy Young. I, just to have a to have a sub-2 ERA is impressive in itself. We've got three guys in the MAC doing that, Joe Rock, Luke Hallbrick, and Andrew Taylor from Central Michigan. But then we have two more guys sitting right on their heels, John Baker from Ball State with a 2.23, Will Mullen from Western with a 2.25. It's impressive to see guys come out, and just absolutely chuck the ball at the rate that they are.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Joe Rock, because I, I think he's going to be the guy who gets drafted first from the, uh, from the Mac conference. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of these scouting outlets have him as a top 30 prospect, which, you know, in the nation, that's, it's impressive. The guy can hit 95 on his fastball. Uh, he has like a whole an MLB slot of pitches Um, And then, like you said, ERA, under one. He's second in opposing batting average. He's third in Ks. He's tied for second in wins. He's been dominating the conference, and it's hard to say that he's not the best pitcher in the MAC right now.
1: Yeah, looking at it here, I mean, he's already, what, had a no-hitter already? What's the year? He blanked Moorhead State early on this year in February. So I mean, the dude's wheeling and dealing. I see a picture of him here. His form looks nice, and uh, tall, lean kid. He looks like he can uh, he can he can wheel and deal, and that's
2: great for OU.
1: And he's a
0: lefty. I mean, <laughs> what more can you ask for?
2: <laughs> exactly. And I think it's interesting. OU sitting here at eleven and eleven, and Joe has four of those wins. So I mean, it's, it's clear that he's had what looks to be a solid defense behind him, but he's had to do it almost on his own to get those wins for the Bobcats. And it's just, it's really impressive when a pitcher can command a game the way Joe Rock has this year. Right. You know, I've, I've been very impressed with the way he hurls the ball, the way he, the way he commands the game to will his team to victory, because they don't look like they have too many runs on this season. You know, they're not exactly a dominant hitting team. But uh, Joe Rock has, you know, guided them to four wins. Yeah, yeah, credit and hats off to Joe Rock for sure.
0: And his name is easy to pronounce.
2: That's the best part, right? That, that, that's all you want in a pitcher. You don't want some guy like, you know, I, I don't even, I don't have a good example. It's... Zach Pleasack, you know, that, that scrub. Um, you, you don't want a guy with a weird last name like that. Give me a guy like Joe Rock. That's my new favorite pitcher in the Mac.
0: There you go.
2: I guess we'll we'll do we'll finish up here with uh, end of season predictions and who is going to the NCAA tournament. I if if you're holding if you're you know holding chips over my shoulder and saying all right you get one bet, I, I think I have to go Miami Ohio. I think that's that's the clear cut leader in the conference right now. Um, again with the ten and two conference record. I I think I have to go Miami, but the Mac tournament as we have seen in years past is anything but predictable. Um, And I, I don't know, I'm just, I got to lean on Miami at this point, even if they have a, a late season or a mid season collapse. Miami seems to be the favorite. And I just really, really like what this team is doing. They have just come out and they've played really well against all their opponents. They forced teams into bad situations. They're on a hot streak right now. They've won nine, eight out of their last nine, eight out of their last 10, really. They've won their last three-season series. And they just look really good, and they're up next against Western Michigan starting this weekend. And then they've got Bowling Green the week after. So, I mean, they don't exactly have a bunch of tough games ahead, at least in the near future. Their toughest series looks like it's going to be Kent State, Come April 23rd, followed by Central Michigan, April 30th. And that looks to be a fun series. We'll see what happens there. But looks like they're going to be able to continue a stranglehold on that first place through the next two weekends here in MAC baseball. So I, I got to say, Miami's my favorite to make the NCAA tournament and the College World Series.
0: Well, you picking Miami makes it a little bit easier to narrow down my choices because they're, I mean, again, with these top four teams. It could be pretty much anybody, um, but since you picked Miami, I'm not going to pick them. Uh, Central obviously has a shot. The Homer and Meese is uh, Kent State, but but realistically, the team who's looked dominant so far in the MAC is Ball State, um, and and I would be surprised if they didn't come out of the MAC and enter that uh, you know the uh, the NCAA postseason.
2: Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at the top four teams here, Miami, Central, Ball State, Kent State. It's really, you know, flip a coin and pick one, essentially, because they are all, towards as we get to the end of the year here, they're all going to be competitive. They're all, I'm looking at the schedule here, they're all playing each other again. So, really, I'm going to look at these top four, kind of like the Big Ten in basketball. They're just going to beat up on each other till the very end, and one team will prevail. And, you know, I think, you know, I'll be a homer again, I'll be a homer here in Ball State. It's like they're pitching. And not because it's my place, but it's because I like their pitching. I have for years. Uh, they've always had guys at the top of the conference when it comes to stats. I've always had somebody in the top four or five. And uh, they've been consistent, too, hitting the ball. So I think they've got a real opportunity. But it could come down to you know them more them Miami, I think, towards the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I I definitely like both of your guys' picks. I'm sticking with my pick. You haven't changed my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but i i do think that you know you guys are spot on like these top four teams are the are the teams really to beat in conference play western michigan could make a make a case maybe um sitting at seven five seven and eleven in overall play they have one four in a row um, they do play miami here soon so i mean that could be an interesting series depending but i mean yeah you look at all four of those teams central Ball State, Kent State, and Miami, all of them have a lot of potential. And frankly, I think all of them have the opportunity, if they make the postseason, have the opportunity to make some noise in the postseason, not not just, you know, take it laying down. They're going to go out and they're going to fight and they're going to represent the conference. I mean, we've had, like I mentioned before, we've had some historical teams who have made some great runs in the College World Series and doing great things why why not this year why not why not a Miami or a ball state or a Kent state all of these teams have a lot of potential to do do damage this year
0: well I mean living in the area in 2012 when Kent State made their kind of Cinderella run to uh, to Omaha it's uh, I, I would love to see that again um, but I, I, I mean historically that's what happens is is we get these uh, auto bids from the Mac and they lose. <laughs> at their regional uh they go on two and then they come home but uh the past two years uh central and kent have won a game at the regional and i i would i would be excited to see them win you know maybe one more maybe move on
2: <laughs> yeah that'd be great for sure for sure
1: um well did i read something somewhere i gotta see if i can find it on twitter again uh that the incidentally tournament this year is going to be shortened yes uh, what are they doing here they're taking out the uh, where did I see that at? Let me see if I can pull
2: it up real quick. I know what you're talking about, because I did see... Okay,
1: the NCAA will have a predetermined regional and super regional sites for the tournament. T- uh, yeah, okay. So, there will be predetermined for the regional and super regional. Okay. So, then those will be announced May 1st. Mm-hmm. And that's going to kind of throw a wrench in how... Where some of
2: these guys go? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at how teams are selected for this tournament, right? You got all these all these tournament champions are the ones who advance to, you know, advance to the NCAA postseason. And it's I, I find it so funny. You get some of these leagues don't even have a conference tournament champion. You know, some of these leagues, it's all right. Regular season champion, here you go. You got the Pac-12, you got the Big West, you got the Big Ten. They- and that's
0: going to be that's going to be the case for the MAC this year. We're just doing regular season champion is moving on. Uh, so, I, and I think that's kind of a, a detriment for the MAC because the, these teams who do well in tournaments do well in tournaments. I mean, it sounds it sounds dumb, but that's that's the way it is. And so, without the tournament to see who that champion in postseason play is i don't know that the Mac is going to be able to compete as well.
2: Sure. And you know, looking at these, you know, looking at how they do this, it's some teams play so much better with that pressure, like you're saying. And it's and it's always cool to see because you have to be so I well that's one of the things I've always hated about having the Mac tournament as well, right? Is you look at some of these great basketball teams the Mac has had with us being a one bid league, you know, congrats nothing you did the other 30 games of the season matter it matters if you can win four straight you know here and i think that's as great as that is it's cool to see all right who can really perform under that pressure knowing only one team advances it's the other side of the coin is that it is also a detriment like you know these other teams aren't being rewarded for the incredible regular season they had i know aj and i were talking about this a few years ago the Uh, Toledo women's basketball program under Trisha Kolop when they went like 24 and two in the regular season lost in the Mac semifinals to Eastern Michigan and didn't get in that large with a with a two loss regular season like it's just and then they obviously went on to make the semifinals of the WNIT so they proved I think that they were a worthy team to make the NCAA tournament that being said. I think it's so interesting to see how well these teams perform under pressure versus just the regular season because the stakes are that much higher.
0: Definitely. I mean, and then that's kind of two things that, that happen there is one, the, uh, the tournament, the Mac tournament prepares you for these NCAA tournaments. Um, But also the, the reason that teams in the Mac don't get these, at-large bids is because the MAC is looked down upon, and uh, and so it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy where you send a team who did well in basketball, they they do well in the tournament, and uh, they go to the tournament, and it was a fluke that they did well in the tournament, and they lose in the first round, Um, and, you know, we see, oh, well, the MAC can't compete, or hopefully you see a team like OU come out and win in the first round and surprise everybody.
2: Surprise everybody, but the Mac faithful, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I guys, I don't really have anything else to go over tonight. I mean, we kind of covered all the bases, no pun intended on. Okay, maybe there was a pun intended there. I'll be honest. Um, kind of covered everything here that I really wanted to kind of cover Do you guys want to throw anything else out there tonight? Graham, I'll start with you.
0: I don't think so. Uh, the uh, I'm ex- excited to see some Mac baseball this year. The, Uh, Mac baseball kind of notoriously uh, hard to follow uh, unless you're in person. And obviously there's no in-person viewing of Mac baseball this year. Um, So it's more following results, but that's kind of fun and different in its own way. So I'm excited to do that.
2: Sure. AJ, what about you?
1: Yeah, likewise, it's going to be fun here to follow the finish, see where uh, these top four teams end up, uh, see if our predictions are right. And uh, that's going to be just kind of fun to, you know, follow these guys not only here in the MAC, but as they get into the league, you know, work their way up through the minors, make their way to the big club, and so that'll be fun to watch.
2: Sure, sure. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you want to check us out online? You can follow us at College Sport Pod on Twitter. We're so close to seven hundred followers. We're I think we're what nine away, AJ? Something like oh, that. Ten, or something like that. So we uh, we're, we're getting real close. We'd love to hit that 700 this week. If you guys want to hop on over to Twitter, give us a follow. We'd appreciate it. You can also check us out at sidelines underscore Mac. We are running the college sports uh, Mac Twitter account, um, posting good stuff there, retweeting the conference stuff as this conference baseball race heats up. You can follow myself at a sheer 90 on Twitter um, where I post awful memes and baseball stuff about the reds. You can follow AJ at roughing 55. Who's just posting whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, Graham, do you have a social media you want people to follow, or do you want to stay hidden away from the world?
0: I'm not hidden away from the world. I just don't post on uh, Twitter or anything. So nothing to follow.
2: All right, there you go. Um, and then guys, if you get the chance, we are in the process of building it. I've been working on this all week. Uh, www. The CSC podcast.com. Our new website is live. We are making updates, making tweaks. You guys want to go check it out? We definitely appreciate that. Leave us some feedback. You know, come on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Say, boo, you guys are terrible, or hey, the website looks great. Whatever it is, if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to get that feedback. Love to make things consumable for you guys. We're going to be looking to add a merch uh section here soon. You guys can get some your hands on some hats t-shirts things like that so looking to expand looking to do some different things uh aj and i have a few other things in the works which we will be revealing to you guys here in the coming weeks but uh aj did you have anything else you wanted to toss out there tonight i'm hungry man somebody will get dinner fair enough fair enough well graham thank you so much for joining us uh glad we got to talk some mac baseball with you we appreciate your time man cool thanks guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next week